Welcome back to the greatest show of all time. This is the NFC's mixtape, the greatest crossover ever attempted and successfully landed in the history of all mankind, all humans, all aliens, and everything otherwise. You can listen to this show on any of four different podcast networks here at SB Nation, blogging the boys for your Dallas Cowboys coverage, Bleeding Green Nation for Philadelphia Eagles, Hogshaven for Washington Commanders, and Big Blue View for New York Giants. I'm I am R. Joe Cho from Blogging the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gowden from Bleeding Green Nation. You can also watch us on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or Blogging the Boys YouTube channel. BLG, it's great to see your bright, shining, beautiful face and um, your perfectly straight teeth. I'll just go ahead and say that there. That's not true. They're definitely messed up. But if you want to see that, <laughs> and if you're not, if you're listening to the audio version and you're not seeing my not perfectly straight teeth and you want to see that you can do that by going to the youtube um but rj uh first i want to note that you went with welcome back instead of welcome one welcome all at the top yeah of the show. i gotta you mix it up gotta keep you on bit. your toes you know so mixing it up on the mixtape and second of all i want to inform the listeners that you know i think at the end of the last episode that we did which is where we talked about our other teams that we kind of have a soft spot for i believe um we had teased we're gonna do a, a uh, you know, podcast with Jimmy Kemsky and have him on. Unfortunately, there was a death in my family. Uh, my grandmother passed away. Uh, she's a very special lady. Um, funeral's coming up. So it's just been chaotic. I bring it up just because, you know, it's been a chaotic. So I just wanted to keep the listeners, you know, informed of why, you know, we didn't deliver on what we said because there's been a lot of moving parts for me behind the scenes. So I appreciate your patience, RJ, and flexibility with all this and Jimmy Kemsky's as well because we haven't been able to do BGN Radio and uh, listeners as well for, for understanding in this time. Well, uh, I know I speak for the listeners, Brandon, and saying you don't owe us anything, um, and we're all thinking of you and your family. Um, there's no love like a grandmother's love, and so um, I know how special that is. And so um, we all love you, uh, we all care for you, but um, but we want you to take care of you, and, and so um, that's what matters most. That's I know I speak for Jimmy too. I don't really, I don't know Jimmy. I feel like it's super awkward. Like Jimmy and I are like these like intimate parts of your life and we don't even know each other like that's just you know like i feel like he and i should like have some ground rules like how to treat brandon but we've never had that conversation so um but seriously like do what you need to do um we'll all be here when you're done when you're ready and um and we'll take care of that but um thank you uh so it's difficult to talk about football in the scheme of life or the grand scheme of life and that's just like part of like we we live somewhat public lives and like things that we do like ripple into work or whatever um and so it's difficult to always like kind of bring things back to football so i'm going to try um in Sorry. well i'm going to try and like i'm, I'm going to try to make it like mixtape you know what i'm saying like that's that's the mm -hmm. whole point here so um let me uh start with a, a random question like i always do um okay. i i have a i would like to know something that you think is one of the best feelings in the world like an oddly specific feeling and i have an example first if you need one Ooh, you know what's really underrated to me is a good stretch. Like you wake up oh, and not necessarily was okay, right away. Mind. No, it's really good. Like it's not necessarily like right when you wake up immediately. No, but it's like in the morning and you're, maybe you're feeling a little bit tired and you just stretch. It's such a good feel. It really is. I feel like it's a great feeling. Underrated feeling. Mm -mm. That's a dumb answer compared to mine. Mine is super <laughs> specific. Um, not like to me, but like to the situation. So um I not, to be clear, have... just not not like a like you're getting into a yoga stretch. Like you have to stretch. Like you feel like you need to like stretch arm, and you like get it up. up. Yeah, it's like you have to. It's like almost an involvolontary stretch. Like that just feels really natural and good. Um. So we thing? don't have a we don't have a lot of carpet in my house, which I'm happy about. Like having a dog, you know what I mean. Like you don't want carpet, but like if you have carpet, I think you will understand this feeling. So like that's an admitted qualifier to have this feeling. You have carpet, maybe it's even a little cool outside, and you're walking around the house wearing socks, not shoes, just socks, and you're moving around, whatever, this and that, and it's time to go to bed. And so you get, you sit on the bed, whatever, you take, the, you lift your foot up, you take the sock off, so your foot doesn't touch the floor, and then you slip it into the sheet. That's an amazing feeling. Hmm. Very specific. Yeah, I don't, have, don't really have carpeting. Try it. Um, I can't. I don't have carpeting. <laughs> Well, go somewhere with carpet, uh, get a rug, you know what I mean? Get a rug and just like scoot around on it, like create some static electricity and, um, and try it. If you, the listener has have carpet, let us know. Um, by the way, um, on the subject of listening to things we are on, um, 
we were on another show together, the SB Nation NFL show on Monday, Football Monday. We did a quadcast, Brandon, myself, you, Pete Sweeney, uh, Rob Statsguerra. We drafted MVP candidates for 2022. That went over rather well with people, it seems. It was a fun time. The listeners are seemingly liking it. Uh, Stats sabotaged our team, I feel like, with some very <laughs> dubious suspect picks, some Homer picks. One one pick especially. But uh yeah, it's definitely at the very least a fun listen. So go check that out if you have not already. If you listen to the if you listen to the mixtape, if you listen to Winning Your Nation, BGN Radio, if you listen to Vlogging the Boys, you're gonna like the SB Nation NFL show. So go check it out. Um, okay, so uh, what we're doing today is one or part one of two because we like to do stuff like that. Uh, it, I liked the terminology you came up with for this. I think last year we called it like the all NFC East team. That was stupid. Um, but you mm. said NFC East All Stars. I really, really, really like that because in my mind they're playing a game. They have like team uniforms. Uh, they're wearing their respective team helmets, like the Pro Bowl, you know what I mean? Uh, but there's like a process. There's like an event. They have like goodie bags. Like you set my mind down a spiral of hypotheticals, which I was, um, you know, pleasantly uh, enjoying. So uh, that being said, today is NFC East All-Stars, the offensive edition. Will you describe, Brandon, the 11 players that we will be fielding? You just made me think of how it might be interesting to also look at like just the 11 best players maybe from offense as opposed mm. to just position like obviously we be forming a team yeah but i don't i think this is more interesting than that to be clear i just think that would be interesting to compare it contrast it to but as we did last year we'll be going through an all nfc east offense with a quarterback a running back often the starting offensive line obviously and then one tight end in three receivers I will note here that if the division had like really awful receivers and like two really amazing tight ends, we could maybe do a 12 personnel offense here, but that's not the case. It's definitely three receivers, one tight end. So that's where we're at. Mm. Okay. Uh, we've already done also coordinators and coaches, like to some degree, if we want at the end of this, we can do that. But, um, but yeah, so um, are you ready? By the way, I don't want you to look. Uh, but I just because I know a lot of the Eagles fan, BGN radio fans follow me on Twitter. I love you guys. And I'm sure that I've set you with my tweet. Well, I, I, I had a tweet right before we started recording. I told Brandon I needed a few more minutes because I was doing a billion things. Uh, and I, one of those things was I sent a tweet. Do not look at it, Brandon. Um, so because uh, it's a, kind of about what we're going to discuss. Um, so Looking but it. It uh it poked some some Eagles fans, and so I just want you all to know that that I I literally just sent that tweet. That's the the time zone I am in personally. Um, okay. So um yeah, but uh you know yeah yeah. Uh, did, oh. don't, okay, we'll get into this later, but yes. Um, is, you reacted uh, to something. I I just saw a tweet. Um, so the Cowboys. Okay, the last thing that we started building the team. The Cowboys just tweeted out. Um, the, uh, the, the tweet reads Cowboys nation, please welcome America's coffee to America's team. We are mm. celebrating America's birthday all week long by giving away two tickets to a Cowboys home game, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Michael Gelkin, who's one of the better Cowboy insiders covers the team for the Dallas morning news quote tweeted that tweet from the team account. And Michael doesn't tweet things out unless like, he's a very purposeful tweeter. Like, you know, there are some people who tweet like in a, uh, casual way. Michael Gelkin is a very, very, uh, purposeful and specific tweeter uh he added cowboys are marketing black rifle coffee a brand whose products include ak-47 espresso blend silencer smooth roast and murdered out coffee roast as america's coffee uh so maybe not the most you know socially aware thing to do in uh in today's climate is really the the most nice way i can say that I don't know that people were asking for more guns in their coffee is what I will say. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is, um, you know, th this is the same off season that the Cowboys, by the way, Brandon, I'm sure you saw uh, officially partnered with a crypto company. So cryptocurrency, mm. crypto company, I don't Tough. know the proper verbiage. So um, yeah, uh, I'm so happy that now I have to deal with this in my life. Thank you very much. Cowboys. Appreciate you. Um, okay. Are we ready to start the NFC East all-stars? Wow. We'll start with the quarterback position, obviously, and yeah, we will. Deck. I mean, I mean, who else are yeah. you putting here? No one is, which is a really funny thing about the division. There's a clear best quarterback in the division, although of course it's possible that you know Jalen Hurts gets better, has a has a good year, 
Um, it's also possible that Dak can be the best quarterback and the roster around him, which has gotten worse, isn't good enough. And he can't necessarily elevate it to the level that the Cowboys need him to, to go deep on a playoff run. So it's kind of an interesting way to think about what exactly this means, but there's no debate. I mean, it's Dak. Um, what do you have to say about it? Well, first of all, I think it's interesting because my fr- my mind went the same place you did, right? Like, oh, wow. It's like, it's, it's rare that, you know, you have a division where it's, it's like, it's not a discussion or like nobody can argue that Dak is the best quarterback in the division. Doesn't every division in the NFC have that same like set of circumstances like is there is there an nfc division where it's like debatable who the best quarter maybe the nfc west if you are like a big kyler stan but that's it i mean right like it's it's clearly clearly rogers clearly brady and clearly you know matthew stafford i think especially after one of the you know how it's like he's a super bowl kyler doesn't have a super bowl kyler you know what i mean like it's it's impossible meanwhile well, yeah, stats, the best. If, if you listened to monday football monday then maybe you know that stats uh contends that but uh but in the afc for example i'm coming back to Dak, but like the afc west there's like there's a lot of herbert stands including yourself the afc south now has matt ryan um who i don't believe in whatever but in the afc north is a huge debate right like who the best quarterback is um and mm-hmm. the afc east is the only one that is like undisputed yeah so, it's I thought that was Jack interesting, Wilson, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's um, true. Yeah, I have no, a couple it's... questions at this okay. position. First one is who's the second best quarterback? Would you say it's Hurts? It's, it's Jalen Hurts. Wentz. Man, that's such a good question. It might be Wentz. Um, like, I like if I this is a stupid way to say, it, but like if they were in a draft, I think Wentz would go first. But I would rather have Hurts leading my team. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it like I'd rather I'd rather have a lesser player on my football team where chemistry is a, is an important factor. You know what I mean? Well, I also think you're going with more upside. I think Hertz definitely has more upside than Wentz does at this point, and durability. I think what Hertz also offers a higher floor, honestly, just because of his rushing ability and everything. Um, the other question I had, so I think this is a little interesting. Who is the best backup quarterback in this division? Would you rather have Gardner Minshew, Tyrod Taylor, or Taylor Heineke? It's funny that the Cowboys are so clearly and obviously last. Yeah, and right. and, and, well, and and that their backup won a game last year. You know what I mean? Cooper is this Rush? like the best backup quarterback division? Like, because those are some pretty good backups. Dude, there. that's such a great question. Um, I think the best one's probably Taylor Heineke. Hmm. I think again, I would maybe like you could argue that Minshew has more upside in like a ironically because it's of, of you know who Taylor Heineke like you know sort of replace but in like a Fitzpatricky sort of way right like in a he could he could have like a 350 yard game but he could also throw like six interceptions um so you know maybe lower floor like Taylor Heineke might have the highest floor it's probably the best way to say it. and like you want that you want the more stable backup quarterback option all these players could like reasonably start for you know one of the lesser teams in the league and it wouldn't be like a disgrace but yeah it's reasonable like it's not it's not their long-term answer but you know it makes sense for now uh, and even Cooper Rush, who is the worst of this group, like, okay, he helped. I mean, the Cowboys won with him last year against the Vikings. So, mm-hmm. like, that's if that's your worst backup quarterback in the division, like, you could do worse than that. Yeah. I mean, who's the Panthers' backup quarterback right now? Uh, is it still P.J. Walker, maybe? I think so. Um, they drafted like, who, or, or Matt Corral, I guess. Oh, you're right. You're right. Uh, but who would you rather have starting for your NFL team, Sam Donald or any of the NFC's backup quarterbacks? Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with like Seattle. Like would you rather have Drew Locke or literally any of these guys? By the way, have, um, Taylor. just just because of the time that we're recording, the Drew Locke US Open Twitter thing was so oh, yeah. just it was, that was dumb. great. I didn't know it, it was good. No, it was it was funny at first and then it like went on and on and, and like Drew Locke like clapping well, back and, like it was it was stupid. Like it was just the initial thing was funny. We could have just let it be, but no, we had to like over internet it because that's what we do in today's I okay. mean that's like, I didn't see the really rest. Do, so. Yeah. Yeah, I funny. didn't see the rest. I, I was commenting on the first thing and hey, let's go Rafael Nadal. Let's let's uh, hope he gets another Wimbledon here. Uh moving uh, on to running back. If you're ready, wow, so I don't even get to offer any Dak thoughts. I guess that's just my point. Like, wow, I mean, what's I, I just, like, there's nothing interesting to say. I think the gap. I used to think that the gap was largest between Dak and the field in any division, but I think it's probably larger between Brady and the field. 
but like that that has nothing to do with like brady that's just like the other nfc south teams have like completely collapsed like the closest thing was matt ryan and then obviously the falcons just had a mess of an offseason so like i mean my, my point is dak is very 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 com- like i don't even know like out, outside of any of the other teams acquiring a new quarterback in 2023 dak is comfortably the best in the division for the foreseeable future Scale of one to ten, what's your confidence level in Dak Prescott being the Super Bowl winning quarterback for the Cowboys? Ten, like I, the I'm most confident. Okay. Like he he checks the boxes of like what that position needs, and I say that position like relative to the Cowboys because I know you love this, a ten, like, really. Like so, you wouldn't take anyone no, over like him he, then, if you're saying ten. No, that's not how I'm evaluating it. I'm, I'm evaluating it like, does he have the necessary things to be the Super Bowl winning quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys? And again, like I add that last part because it's specific. I don't think that, I don't think that you know, like, I don't know, Matthew Stafford or somebody could do it for the Cowboys. It's different. I mean, like it, it is different. Like it's maybe not seismically different the way it used to be, but it is different. So I think that Dak checks all of those boxes. He has the necessary ingredients. But you're right. It is like this is a big year for him. Without Amari Cooper now, it's like, okay, dude, be the guy. Like, lead the team, carry, like, elevate people. And he's done that before to different degrees, but um, he's going to have to do it, you know, kind of on a weekly basis now. But, okay, moving to running back to your point. Um, this is this is a really interesting one. So, like, we've got, mm. we've got Antonio Gibson. We've got Miles Sanders, a.k.a. the author of The Real All-Stars. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've got Saquon Barkley. And we've got Zeke Elliott. Um, do you want my answer? Because you kind of actually went first with Dak. Or do you want yeah, your you answer? Like Tony Pollard. I think I, yeah. kind of like on the backup flavor. I think he's the, like, if we just, eva- like, if they were in a draft, I think Tony Pollard would go first. He's the best runner on on any of these four teams. He's obviously not the most accomplished. He's not even, like, the second or third most accomplished. He has less carries, I don't know if you know this, in his three seasons with the Cowboys than Zeke Elliott had just his rookie year. Um, sure. And he's crimin- he's criminally underused. We, we know all the narratives, but he is the best player at the position on any of these four teams. He was fourth in yards after contact per attempt last year, just behind Rashad Penny, Nick Chubb, and Jonathan Taylor. And obviously Penny isn't like a stud, but he, he went on that crazy tear at the end of the season. So that's you know, pretty good company to be in. Also, Zeke is kind of cooked, like relatively, like he just had so many carries. I don't trust it. Uh, there's, I think there's more upside with Tony Pollard. I know there's, there's some reason probably why he hasn't been a volume guy sure. yet. And he hasn't proven that he can handle a volume, but for what his role has been. And also he gives you some special teams value. And also like, I saw, so not to take shots at our good friends at Hogs Haven, but to take a shot at our friends at Hogs Haven, who actually did an all NFC's team in an article for their own, they had Saquon at running back. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, what, how, why are we just giving Saquon the benefit of the doubt? He's played in 15 games the last two years and he has a 3.5 yards per carry. Like, no, like maybe he comes back this year and lights it up. Okay, but fine. He has to do that to get the benefit of the doubt again. He has to earn that back. No one should be putting him as the top running back in this division. I don't think he he even has to earn it back. I think he has to earn it, period. Like, you know, like, fine. He had a a fine rookie year. You know what I mean? Like, like, but he would, like, did you ever, was there ever a point where you were like, holy crap, they have one of the best running backs in the NFL? No, like, you were like, he's just a good running back. That's so long ago, too. (laughs) Forever ago. It's, it is like the, the same distance of time exists between then and now as th- is between then and the 2014 season, you know, with Mark Sanchez, you know, leading the Eagles partly. So, anyway, right. Um, yeah. So the answer is Tony Pollard. Again, if we're, if we're fielding the truly best, most talented people, it's Tony Pollard. It's not Zeke. It's not Saquon. I know that Antonio Gibson could be used like Christian McCaffrey, no. Rivera, but <laughs> like no. it's and second might be. JD McKissick, even like, you know what I mean? Like it's a weird group of running backs. Like I'm, I don't seriously mean that, but like, he's not like out of contention for second place. I think Pollard's pass catching ability, which I'm not sure if we mentioned too, definitely helps him. And I said to you earlier, I think when we were doing our underrated overrated thing that Tony Pollard graded out better in pass protection than like Zeke did last year, Mm -hmm. take that for what it's worth from PFF. So like, you can't even say like, that's like this massive hole that could keep him off the field too. So yeah, I think Pollard is the right pick here. Again, I questions about his volume, uh, his ability to handle that, but he's, I would say he's the most efficient and kind of reliable and best upside option. When you mix everything together, like Sanders is really efficient and has been, but there's been availability issues. 
And as he's actually had volume carries, Jimmy Kempsey made a good note of this recently. Like the more the games he's had, like highest volume carries, he's gotten hurt. He's got hurt. Mm -hmm. He's gotten hurt not too far, not too long after that. So like that's a red flag there. And then he's had some fumbling issues and he has really faded since his rookie year as being a reliable pass catcher. So I, I can't go Sanders, even though he has like the best yards per carry numbers. I think it's Pollard. Just uh, because we're here um, and it happened like hours after we recorded the mixtape last week. Um, did you find the all-star team comment annoying, funny and like, were you indifferent about it? Um, Cause I, obviously we had our fun with it and there were a lot of Eagles fans I saw that were like, <sighs> Like, I wonder if that was your emotional reaction. Yeah, I mean, it is. Like, it doesn't benefit anyone to say that. And it was kind of funny that A.J. Brown, like, clapped back a little bit and tried to, like, explain what should have been said. But, you know, it's, it's a little weird because Sanders isn't that kind of guy who just, like, says something like that out of the blue. He's usually pretty more grounded, one of the more grounded players on the team. So... I think it's not the, the words themselves don't matter. Like you can say anything. It's it's if if they actually believe that, then I'm, I'm a little more worried if they actually think. And historically, when you look at like Eagles win totals, uh, projected win totals, and when they're higher, like they they typically underperform that. Like historically speaking, not always, but historically, like they're not good at always living up to the hype. So, and as I've said all along. And why one of the reasons like I'm not ready to go like all in and say this is the Super Bowl contender of a team. Beat one good team. They've not beaten one good team since Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts like have been here since last year. The best team they beat again last year was like the Saints, who were starting Trevor Simeon. Like beat one good team, and then we can start talking about being like you know a team that is really good and belongs. So I didn't love it. It's not like a disaster to me, but it's not a good vibes move. I actually think it's worse vibes than the dream team thing, only because it's coming like it would still be bad vibes if AJ Brown says it right but at the very least AJ is the like the new alpha coming to town like he's he's a new part of the regime well yeah that too but like it's like Miles you've been a part of the teams that suck like you know <laughs> like what like what have you done to like elevate this group yeah, I mean you were very very famously Saquon's backup at Penn State so uh but anyway let's move on left tackle uh or do we want to go to other position let's go positions first I want to do the the offensive line because okay. I don't know I feel like if we if we get all the skill positions out of the way, then people just are going to turn it off for the oh, offensive line. BLG knows you all. Okay, left tackles Tyron Smith. Like, do we have to waste time? Right, like. I don't, I think you have to make the case for Jordan Mylotta here. You look at oh my gosh, what a PFF grading last year. Look at PFF grading and take it for what it's worth. Okay. Jordan who's the, right who's the, who, who, can you Smith. please tell Tyron me the, the top second. three tackles from an offensive grade standpoint at PFF? Can you I forget one? number one, but Tyron Smith was second, and Mylotta was is right one. behind him. Okay. That makes sense. And my ladder right behind him at number three. Also, mm -hmm. my ladder has the versatility to play right tackle. I don't think that's irrelevant. He is younger. He is much more durable. As you have mentioned before, Tyron Smith has played in, you know, he's missed so many games per season. I did the math. He has played in just 65 out of the last 97 possible games in the regular season for the Cowboys, meaning he's been available just 67% of the time. Uh, in There's a whole season miss there, but you're, you're right, right? Okay. Well, he's missed an average of 7.7 .7 games the past three years. Like, that's all that's significant. You And you know, everyone knows, Tyron Smith is going to miss probably at least two games this year. Like, he's going to miss games, sure. like, plural. Not just one, probably multiple. And that's a, like, that's a big deal. So it's hard to say Mylotta has earned it just in terms of, you know, longevity and everything. But durability is an issue. And I think, like, you have to – this isn't this shouldn't just be a no-brainer. And Mylotta is definitely overpassed. Like, I think you have to bring him up here and being, like, on the rise and being able to take that over. Um, so, a few things. One, again, just to be very clear, the entire – basically, Tyron played one game in 2020 and then missed the rest. And so, like, that's inflating what you're talking about. It's all true, like what you said, like, literally and I mean, mathematically. The are there. It, it's it, not I'm like just he saying, broke a finger. It's like these are I, like serious injury issues too. I I agree, but again, like if we are leaning on, you know, we are using you know PFF to a degree here, just you know for some, you know, some would say not objective, but well, objective like data, line. right? Um, they, from a pass blocking standpoint, their top three tackles in 2021, uh, Andrew Whitworth, Charles Leno Jr. So shout out to the commanders, um, and Tyron Smith, number three, Jordan Mailata is four, five, six, seven uh, from a pass blocking okay. standpoint. Uh, and then from a run blocking standpoint, uh, the top three, Trent Williams, who was number one overall, um, again, Tyron Smith, number two and Lyle Collins, number three. Thank goodness the Cowboys <laughs> got rid of him. What an awesome decision. Uh, but Jordan, my Jordan, my was fifth. 
So Tyron outranks him overall from a pass blocking standpoint and a run blocking standpoint. I agree that Jordan Mailata's street cred needs to be elevated. If that's the like the argument you're making, fine. Like I don't think anybody's like disagreeing. He like obviously took an important step last year. I and I think if we're if we're assembling who do we want to play, like who do we want to field for an entire like 17 game season? If that's the question, then maybe you're like, I would rather take the lesser player who is less likely to miss time. I can understand that argument, but if we're fielding, if we're like grading, if we're establishing all stars, I think Tyron is the is the better player. So I think you have to say that, but like this still is an important discussion that we had to have. Yeah, I, that's exactly the point. Like, it's I put Tyron Smith, but I I put also down. Like, I think you have to think. Of, it's not to me. It's not just like okay, Tyron Smith next one. It's like no. It's like well, let me think. Like, my lot is younger, and there could be more upside. Let me. Okay, I'm gonna go with Tyron Smith. But I, I thought about it. I gave it some thought. That's all I wanted to do. If you wanted to, I don't care because it's not going to be Terrence Steele. <laughs> but if you wanted to play Jordan Mylotta at right tackle, if we want to cheat a little bit here, you can. No disrespect intended towards Lane Johnson. I don't but think if you you're truly do that, yeah. All I'm saying is, if you're truly interested in fielding like the best five, that that argument you just made that argument is my point. Um, but okay, um, I don't have a like a a take I feel passionately about when it comes to left guard. I, like mm-hmm. this, this is like the weakest part of the entire group i think Uh, there's there's not a really good option to choose from i put landon dickerson and before you say that's a homer pick i mean and i don't think it's a a better he was a better run blocker than a pass blocker last year which i think is something to monitor moving forward especially as the eagles try to go more pass heavy so we'll see how this holds up um but he got better as the year went on and part of that was the eagles running the ball more also, I think we should note that he should be healthier this year, knock on wood, because, you know, he entered last season. He, he didn't participate in training camp at all. So um, to, to go from that and then having to be forced into the lineup as early, I believe, as like week two, week three, uh, like that was kind of not ideal for him. And he still did reasonably well, given the circumstances. So I think being healthy, um, being more cemented in that. And then he, also, he was also flipping between right guard and left guard. So being settled in one spot, playing next to Jordan Malata, being healthier, I think there's reason. I think you have to bet with the upside at this position, as opposed to like you could go with Mark Lewinsky, like who actually had like a similar PFF grade to Dickerson. Maybe he's a better player right now, like at this very moment in time. But again, I think you have to go with upside and then versatility too. Like Dickerson, in theory, can play tackle and center, like every position. So I think that's also valuable. So I think it's Dickerson. Uh, I know Hogshaven had Andrew Norwell, but like miss me with that. This dude just got cut by like the Jags, right? Like, I'm not saying he's um, trash, but like, like, come on. I agree with everything you said. Um, and so first of all, congratulations to somebody else from the Cowboys finally making the NFC all-star team. Uh, it's great to see you guys, you know, starting to show up a little bit, but, um, but I, I think we like, I know that Eagles fans like hated Landon Dickerson last year. So like, it's interesting to hear you like go to bat. I don't him. think that's Every, true. Everybody hated him last year. Don't act like I, I see all the tweets. Everybody hated him last year. Um, I, the only thing, cause that's like I said, I mean, I think you laid the point out we already like kind of said this position is kind of like a desert. The, if you're betting on upside and not that you want to bet on this, but like, I don't think either of us would be surprised if Tyler Smith does like, if the we wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys hit a home run with a rookie offensive lineman, right? Like at, at guard, like, I mean, no, like, in I mean, vacuum. like, I, I'm, in a vacuum, I'm not, yes, exactly, with like, him, not I'm, sure. I'm not trying to be a homer. I'm really not, but it like. I would not be, it would not be the most shocking thing in the world if they pulled that off. Right. And so like, I could see us sitting here a year from now being like, holy crap, like Tyler Smith, like really cemented himself as the best left guard in the NFL or not the NFL in the division. Um, and so that's all I'm saying. I mean, like, just keep an eye on Tyler Smith, the kind of, you know, we're, we're throwing things out. So, uh, congratulations to Landon Dickerson, uh, center. If you'll allow me, Brandon, I will go first. Um, <laughs> I know that I have upset. I've peed into the wind several times on this subject. So you know mm, what? I'm peeing, gross. I'm peeing down, peeing down wind here. Just not, not even wasting my time. Jason Kelsey, let's go. All right. You know, let's just move on. And then, you know, you can, you can get out of this division. You could a, a year from now, we won't have to talk about it because I'll be retired. So Jason Kelsey, boom. Tom's off. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's true. You're talking about a player again. It's like what? First team all pro three of the last four years. Like, I don't know. He's definitely gone after this season. And I will say Chase Rullier was right behind Jason Kelsey in PFF's grading for whatever that's worth. Uh, Kelsey was third best center. Rulier was the fourth best center. So I thought that was a little interesting. But I mean, come on. How are you not going to go with Jason Kelsey? Future Hall of Famer. Uh, 
clear best of the position. Like Tyler Biotis, no, like replacement level starter, really, at center. And then the Giants got John Feliciano, who's really just like a stopgap for them. So uh, not the biggest competition in the division, but it's definitely Kelsey at the top. What are you writing down, by the way? I'm Do you writing. Need a ramp still or? Well, I mean, just so people can see how the sausage gets made, I am writing all of the names that we're choosing here. Okay. Because uh, I'm going to write an article about this at blogontheboys.com. You know, that's that's what we do. You, you you record a pod, you write the article. You, you know what I mean? Like, everything, let's just move. Let's just keep this this machine going. I like getting paid, you know what I mean, by our bosses. I want to keep doing that. So if uh, if any of our bosses are listening, Brandon didn't write anything down while we were recording, just so you know. I did. Just, you know. I have it all written down here. I'm looking at my screen. I have it written down on my screen. Uh, I, know, and but... I don't think we've really we've we haven't disagreed about anything. <laughs> All of these picks have been on the same page. I just wanted to make the case for my lotto well, before we just moved on from it. That's but, about it. But here's the thing: I can't. I'm not writing down my list. I'm writing down our group list. So when I write the article, that's I what I'm say, saying. These are the NFC the East All Stars. You know what, Brandon? You're lazy. You're, you're lazy. You just want to use your computer, right? You know, wow, They're technology for everything. Man, I remember a simpler time where we would write things down, all right? Um, I think but, this oh. one is the least amount of time required, and it's just right. It's Zach Martin at right guard. I mean, yeah. I, I don't even know 100% who the Eagles' right guard is going to be. It's probably Sumalo, but in theory, it could be Jack Driscoll. Um, I mean, I don't know who else you're even considering in this division. I only wanted to say one thing about Zach Martin, um, just like for my own personal like joy, I guess. Um, I personally started to grow concerned in 2020 because he missed time. He only played 10 games. That was the first year, granted, into or he was drafted in 2014. First year, he wasn't a pro bowler or an all pro. I know pro bowler is not like a big deal, but still, like that was the first year he wasn't either one. He'd been a pro bowler to, you know, or in an all pro to some degree every year of his career. Got back on track last year, pro bowler, all pro, and played 16 games. So, you know, like I was a little spooked that we were entering Tyron territory from like a health standpoint for Zach Martin. I realize he's older and like, you never know, like obviously the way things go, but last year was a great, like sort of rebound. I was really, 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 you know, kind of wanting to see that. And we got it. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more encouraged by Zach Martin entering 2022 than I thought I would be a year ago. Okay. Over Trey Turner as well. Right. Uh, right tackle. I mean, is it Lane Johnson? We- I mean, I don't, I, I- I don't think, you know, I mean, look, the, these are the options, right? Terrence Steele. It's not Terrence Steele, obviously. No, uh, it's, it's Lane Johnson, as mentioned, um, Sam Cosme and Evan Neal. I mean, and like, we'll see, like, maybe if you want to make an argument about upside, right? Like you never know, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's Lane Johnson, like for now, again, if we're establishing who the all-stars are today. He was PFF's tenth best graded offensive tackle last year. I think if we're talking oh, now, about the grades matter. Players, but when it's Tyron, they're stupid, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I brought him up with Tyron, so I don't know how this argument works for you. But uh, if we're talking about nationally underrated players, not underrated by like you know us and people in the know, but if we're talking about national, I think Lane Johnson continues to be by virtue of his position. Like if he played left tackle, he'd probably get a lot more respect than he currently does, just because that's how. The positions are viewed by many analysts and whatnot, but Lane is great. He's an all-pro caliber, Pro Bowl, in, you're in, you're out kind of player. Um, I think to, to go through what he did last year with his battle with mental health and everything and, and mm-hmm. be able to come back and play at such a high level was really commendable and, and obviously a lot of respect for him for having the vulnerability to, to you know, uh, go through what he did and share it with everyone. So Lane's awesome, uh, awesome personality, awesome guy by – all accounts that I know of and a great player too. And I think again, kind of a little underappreciated from a terms in terms of recognition. So uh, at least we love him here on the show. We give him love. So there you go. Starting right tackle Lane Johnson. I agree. Um, and, and again, like a great person by all accounts. And, and certainly we're all rooting for that element of him. No Cowboys fans rooting for him to have like, you know, I'm not, I don't want him to like, you know, like get cut or anything, but like, I just want him to be like an average, a like, have guy. a great, have a great NFL career. Just don't help your team win games. That's really a, kind of what I want. Um, but okay. So all told our offensive line from left to right, Tyron Smith, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Zach Martin, uh, Lane Johnson. So three Eagles, two Cowboys. We have an all Cowboys backfield in Dak Prescott and Tony Pollard. Hogshaven and Big Blue View listeners, 
he is on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at Brandon Godden. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Arjo Ochoa. I challenge you to find a spot where we are, you know, right. allegedly being homers. Like, I, I cannot – I don't think of the positions we've named here, Brandon, quarterback, running back, and the offensive line, I don't think there's an objective argument for any commander or giant. Again, the Evan Neal thing is like an upside thing. Um, So maybe, like in the future. I don't think you can make an argument for any commander, though, except for maybe backup quarterback. Um, like we talked about, <laughs> that's yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm having a tough time seeing it. Like, I, even if you're the biggest Antonio Gibson guy, I just think the numbers really aren't there. Just, I just, yeah, I'm I'm seeing a tough time. I mean, again, maybe if you want to argue, Andrew Norwell gets back to a high level. Mm-hmm. Okay, like you could put him at left. It's possible. It's feasible. But are you really jazzed about that? Do you really have all the things you could argue in your life? Do you want to spend time on that? I don't think so. That's true. Okay, so we have four left. Do you want to do tight end first or save it and do other wide receivers? Let's do tight end because I think it's also another answer that is clear cuts, oh. even though you're tweeting something out, some so, nonsense out here. I tweeted out uh, the production for, and I listed the amount of games played. That's, I get, you know, people, uh-huh. like, you didn't even, you left this out. Well, no, nah, I gave you all the information you needed did to you, come did to you put targets. Did you put targets I did not. in there? No, I because I, I don't, okay. no, I don't think that's relevant, relevant here. Uh, so Why Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard over the last two years. Okay. 26 games, 102 receptions uh-huh. to, and this is against Dalton Schultz or last year's. So 102 to Schultz is 141 and granted uh, with seven fewer games. So 102 to 141 receptions, 1,354 receiving yards to Schultz's 1,423 receiving yards, seven receiving touchdowns to Schultz's 12 receiving touchdowns. It's worth mentioning that Dallas Goddard has seven mm-hmm. over the last two years combined. Dalton Schultz had eight last year alone. Mm-hmm. Did yeah, Dalton, Schultz Dalton Schultz play Cowboys got the better behind, tight end in 2018. Did Dalton Schultz play behind a future Hall of Fame slash you know Pro oh, Bowl gosh. kind of caliber tight end? Like every every 2017 time. Eagles in the Hall of Fame now. Just every okay. Let's long. say he's not even a Hall of Famer. Let's say you because he was a Pro Bowler. Was Dalton Schultz ever playing behind another Pro Bowl was that, tight end? Was Zachary a, a Pro Bowl caliber player early on last year? Was he really like we're going to go that far? He was, he I was mean, that like caliber the, dude. The point is he he had that reputation and was getting the playing time of that player still, or at least split. The point is of there was course. clearly a timeshare here. And Dallas got his no, but, volume like, opportunities. If, there was, if you want to talk about timeshare, Dalton, Dalton Schultz had to hold fight on. for targets in an offense with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, and that loves to hand but the ball he, off. The to top tight end, though. Like, when you want to go so to the what? tight end, he's, you're going to that he's, guy. But so he's still lower in the totem pole. He's still lower in priority. Sure, but again, you're, you're, it's a different thing. You're playing two players at one position, basically, and the, you can only do that so much. Also, you're doing it in the heaviest run offense in the NFL. So, again, didn't exactly have the best situation for targets. If you want to go to the PFF grades, RJ, and I know you do, mm. Dallas got it tied for second with George Kittle last year as the NFL's second best tight end. And I will mention if it wasn't clear already, that this will be his first full season without ah, Zach Ertz here. If we go. take Dallas Goddard's stats from last year as the top tight end with Ertz gone, and There's we prorate them, which isn't here. a perfect science. It's not a perfect science, but for context, you would have had 117 targets, 83 receptions, 1,200 yards, four touchdowns. That would have been second mm-hmm. in tight end receiving yards last year, just for context, behind Travis Kelsey, who had 1,361. So... There's every reason to but believe if, that Dallas but you can Goddard play that context game. Again. You can play that context game the other way because Goddard has had four years of legitimate usage, right? Like I'm like obviously Zach Ertz has existed for not 100 percent of that, but what, like 92 percent or whatever it is. Uh, maybe most the, of it. I don't know, but like most didn't of it really At ever least, get hurt. Right. Okay. So he's had to contend with with Zach Ertz, but still like Eagles again. You know, lots of two tight end sets, whatever things like that. Dalton Schultz was insignificant his NFL career for the first two years. And so he's really only like been an, I don't want to say an active NFL player, but like he's really only been active as a part of the offense for two years. So like he hasn't even like grown in the same, he hasn't had the same opportunity for growth as Dallas Goddard. You can make a huge argument that, that the, the like, you know, ceiling is higher for Dalton Schultz in that sense. I mean, like the production is there for Schultz over the last two years over Dallas Scott. That's the same sort of window. There's a lot of extenuating circumstances and factors here to your point, but same, that's the Jalen Hurts era. 
to a, to a large degree. I know it's not like the whole thing again because of Lance and whatnot, but like that's the Jalen Hurts era. Schultz also dealt without Dak Prescott for a huge chunk of his first season as an NFL player. He's really Dalton Schultz has had one season in the NFL with a top quarterback week in and week out, and he was incredibly productive throughout it. Okay, Jalen Hurts doesn't throw over the middle of the field, and Dallas Goddard. So then, why do I want Dallas Goddard? Like, if why do I want him if he's on an offense that isn't going to be thrown? Like, that's stupid. I don't want. Well, I mean, Jalen Hurts isn't our quarterback for this NFC's team. Um, I really think this is a split, and that's how I'm going to like. No, it's not. No, it's not. It is a split. No, we we have fifty fifty vote. Like, like that's how this works. This is truly a split. It's absolute. The production overwhelmingly favors Dalton Schultz. The production he has anyone the production. All, all Dalton Schultz has is these like Dallas ifs. Like, if Zach Ertz didn't exist, if he had a better quarterback, blah blah. No, at some point you have to find a way, and he didn't. I mean, he hasn't. That's hey. And again, this like idea that like oh he his ceiling was so limited because of Zach Ertz's presence. Again, Dalton Schultz. Not, I mean, not not on a, as run heavy of an offense as the Eagles, obviously, but had to contend for targets in an offense that featured three pass catchers that were higher than him on the priority list. That was not the case for. Dallas got it. Dalton Schultz with a 10.0 yards per reception mark over his career. Really scintillating stuff there. Have to I really have to be afraid of first that. Down. At 12. Okay. It's got her. Like, it's it's, it's no, just ridiculous. It's not a split. I'm riding Schultz. Can we, can we pick it's, one player? It's, I just, it's, a, it's, a, no. it's a starting 11. One player. It's a, it's a well, split. Well, then I want to split and, my lot in Tyron Smith then. Oh, my gosh. The insult to Tyron Smith. That is so ridiculous. I will give you this out of the kindness of my heart. But I, I'm going to make a huge case about it when I write the article. So just so you know. That's fine. But it's got it. <laughs> uh, okay. So the receivers, this is where it gets interesting, I feel like. Um, I think we're going to have the same okay. answers, but the discussion is interesting. Okay. Th- then the three, just because let's just like blitz through it so we can discuss it. AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, CD Lamb. Yeah. And I, I think okay. it's just like. I think you're overthinking it here. If you're like, we have to shoehorn these guys into specific, like this guy has to play the slot. I mean, no, these are all like, these are the three best receivers. Although I do think, and this goes to my point and against your point of Devontae Smith being overrated because he's not even making the top three receivers list in his own division. I think there's a good chance. And I talked about this with Jimmy on BGN radio. I think we both took like Devontae over AJ Brown and a lot of uh, over under like projections that we did. And that's a different game, but I understand what you're right. I think people are sleeping on Devontae a little bit, and I think Devontae's being a little bit underrated and AJ Brown's being a little bit overrated, just at where things are, um, in part because he's the shiny new toy. But I think Hurts having that experience with Devontae Smith and it's limited sample size, but just even looking at it in the couple OTA practices that I saw, like Hurts and Smith were so clicking. They were on the same page, and AJ Brown and Hurts weren't. And I'm not like concerned about that because it's an OTA practice and it was like one of two, but I just think that kind of speaks to, uh, I think Devontae Smith being a little slept on. I had him as a top three guy last year. I don't regret that. I think there's a very much a, a realistic world where he ends up being better slash more uh, respected than A.J. Brown at the end of the year. But for now, I think because of his track record, A.J. Brown gets the nod. And then you um, can talk about that. I, I agree. And I actually think, like I, I stand by everything I said about Devontae Smith to this point, but I do think it's a good thing for him that he doesn't have to deal with the like call it the expectations that uh, generally a star wide receiver has to in their second year. Cause by then it's like, you have to be the guy you have to become the alpha, like blah, 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 blah. And I think CD benefited from that, right? Like CD's entering his third season in the NFL and he's never had to be the dude until now. And so it certainly helps that he has two years of NFL experience. Um, and so Devonte doesn't have that same sort of like spotlight on him because it does exist for AJ Brown. Um, so that's my point there. But um, that being said, I, I, I don't know how AJ, like AJ is clearly, the best receiver in the division. McLaurin is clearly the second best receiver in the division. I think CD is clearly the third best receiver in the division. I think the highest upside exists for Devontae. I think the highest floor exists for Michael Gallup. Um, and mm. I think that the ones that could surprise us are Kadarius Tony or Kenny Galladay. Like, I think that's how I view the whole group as a whole. I think everybody else kind of like, I think that's all the, all the boxes that they fit into. Um, but I, I still like the production isn't there for Devontae to like really be overwhelmed. I think it's interesting that you put up a, a larger fight for him last year. Then you were like super accepting of this right now. And some of that's just like the change that's happened here. My question to you is if Amari Cooper were still on the Cowboys, 
who is he replacing here? CD, right? Like CD gets the bump out, and it's it's AJ, Terry, yeah. and, and Amari, right? Um, that's interesting. For the Cowboys traded away a top three receiver in the division. I think he's even a top two. Like you can make an argument that maybe AJ Brown's better. Maybe you prefer that, but he's better than Terry McLaurin, or at least what the Cowboys he is. I don't know. You know that that will be a fascinating litmus test to see Amari in Cleveland. Although obviously they have their own issues. We did not discuss because it happened after we recorded Terry McLaurin's new deal. Um, is that that mm. did happen? Uh, he's awesome. Like we, we've this has been like the Terry McLaurin show in many different times in many different terms. It's a bummer that he's sticking around. Um, but I mean. He's, I think he's, you're right. He's properly rated now, especially after the contract. Like he's just kind of like in the right neck of the woods as far as where he belongs. Yeah. Um, I, I do agree with my own opinion on that. I wanted to ask you, who would you have as the fourth and fifth receiver here for sure? And also like, obviously it's not like a real roster where they're playing special teams, but like, like who are the next best wide receivers that if, if somehow there was an injury or two at receiver at this team, we would, we would plug them in next. I would say Devonte is one of them. I'm guessing you're taking Gallup it's, for the other. It's that's the five, like in whatever order you would rank them. I would still put. I don't Gallup think you can put Tony Devontae. up there yet. No, I I would put I would rank them AJ McLaurin, CD Gallup, Devonte, and again, some of that is just that we haven't seen it from Devonte Smith. I I t- totally agree that he has a higher upside than Michael Gallup, but I think Gallup's floor is larger right now, and so like I think he's a better receiver today. That can obviously change, and he's coming back from the injury and things like that. Um, but those are the five. I mean, like without question, I don't think that that's a shock by any means. Um, and I think if you have to come up with an honorable mention, I don't know that it's Kadarius Tony. I mean, like, like, I mean, I honestly, like it might be Jahan Dotson. Like if I have to come up with a sixth, I might prefer him. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Trayvon Diggs caught more passes in the MetLife end zone last season than Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay combined. Um, so, I mean, like, I just have a hard time believing in them. It's, it's nothing but upside. Like you're, you're only banking on like ideas and hopes. Like there's no real production to believe in. I think Galladay might, I think I'd give him the nod in terms of he's just done it before. Like Tony has more of the upside, whereas Galladay has more of like, he's done it in the past at least. So maybe he can get back to that level. I think he'll bounce back a little bit, but, uh, I could be falling for a sucker's bet, but in any case, like, you know, pretty talented division at this position. So um, the NFC East All-Stars, as compiled by the dudes who run Bleeding Green Nation and Blogging the Boys, SB Nation's home for Eagles and Cowboys content. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> at quarterback, Dak Prescott. At running back, Tony Pollard. Our offensive line left to right, Tyron Smith, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Zach Martin, Lane Johnson. Tight end featured the most debate. Um, it was really Dalton Schultz, but we went with Dallas Goddard. AJ Brown at receiver, Terry McLaurin following up, and CD Lamb. So of eleven positions, one went to a non-Eagle or Cowboy. And honestly, I think that's very fair. I don't, I don't think that like you know, I know we get con- you know accused by the Commanders and Giants fans of like not paying a- any love or any attention to them. Be good. Like I would love to sit here and like <laughs> talk about that, but like that those those aren't real viable factors. They'll have a larger presence on the defensive side of the ball, but when it comes to the offense, they have nothing to write home about except for Terry McLaurin. So it's five Eagles, five Cowboys, one Commander, and zero Giants on. And, oh, and then you have the, to do the thing when people make a list like that, and they go and a partridge and a pear tree. I don't know what that's all about. People do that. Like, they'll make a little bit like, well, I have X of this, Y this, Z this. And then somebody's like, and a partridge and a pear tree. That's the I've never, I don't know if I've heard that one. Um. Wow. Who's coaching this team? McCarthy? Yeah, it has to, <laughs> it has to be McCarthy. Again, like. Um, Who's the yeah. offensive coordinator? I don't know. I don't, I don't really care. I don't have a passion. To I don't think right it's there. a no brainer that it's Kellen Moore. I don't either. I mean, <laughs> to be fair. Uh, we ran a study, by the way, um, and I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but uh, if you listen or want to Google it, Kellen Moore is entering his fourth season as offensive coordinator of the Cowboys. It is really rare that, that a coordinator makes it to year four with the same team because well, yeah, they're either, it's like, they're, either like, right. they're either fired or they like get a head coaching job. So like, I don't know how that makes you feel, you know, and like we, we talked about Tony Pollard and how criminal it is that he's been underused. His entire career is Kellen Moore's career as the offensive coordinator. So like. If we want to sit here and be like, well, they haven't like found ways. That's Kellen Moore. Like he's regarded as like oh. new and hip and innovative. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's just, you know, and I'm not saying he's trash. Like it's not always one or the other. Like, as we say, the truth is generally somewhere in between. Um, but yeah, so um, I feel pretty we good talked about, about 
pet peeves before and that's one i wanted to bring up is just the the and i, I mentioned this to you i was on vacation to be clear in a hotel in san diego and i felt so passionately about this because i was assembling the oh. link and i had seen an article at blogging the boys and I, i'm not i'm trying not trying to call out btb or another writer specifically as much as just the off-season hype of players that gets out of control and like it just seems like people never learn like there's no accountability with any of this stuff it's like this player is going to be great and then they do nothing or they're not that great. And it's never like revisited after the fact. It just goes into the next off season. And sometimes it's the same player. And in, and in terms of Tony Pollard specifically, oh, they're using him in the slot more. And it's like, wow, this is mind blowing. And this is going to like make a world's difference. And then the season rolls around. And like I said to you, like maybe the Cowboys will use him in the slot. Like, I don't know, like 2% more of the time, like more yeah. than it previously. But like, it's not going to be this like radical game changer that totally flips everything. It's like, it's just so dumb. I can't believe people, I, I get why people would want to buy into it. Again, I will never begrudge people for getting excited and being fans, but I, I can't understand like why people think this is actually as revelatory as it is. And all these fantasy football people jump on it. They're like, oh my God, did you see Howard being used in the slot? They're, they're totally going to make this creative. It's like, no, they're not. Because we haven't see, seen like, it yet. Why would, why would it all of a sudden just change? Like, you, to your point, especially, it's not even like it's a new offensive coordinator, a new head coach. It's the same thing. How is it radically being different now? So, like I told you that day uh, when we were chatting about it, um, th I think this is the difference between, like, Cowboys fans and, like, people who follow the Cowboys, like you do, obviously. And I don't think – like, yes, like, I think on – like, on one hand – like average informed Cowboys fan is like, okay, cool. But that same person is also like, well, you've said this before and you've done this right. before. Like you've tried, you've trotted them out like in OTAs and training camp. We've seen it before. We've literally seen you do it in games before. And then you stop doing it. So like, cool. Like we plan on doing it, but like, we need to see it to believe it. So like, I don't like just to address your point. I don't think there's an informed Cowboys fan out there who is like foaming at the mouth. Like here it comes. Like, I think everybody is truly no, like, yeah. whatever. like they're, they're not going to do this. It's a, it's a similar thing like i told you i've told you before one of my pet peeves is like um like uh matt well let's go was a fifth round tackle taken by the cowboys this year and so like this happens every training camp and like eagles fans will do it with like day three picks or undrafted free agents like a lot of cowboys fans will be like well, i don't know i i think matt well let's go is really gonna like impress no like you're confusing what you want with what you think right. like things you want are not things you think and like people like blend those two together so much and they'll be like i think insert like down the roster player here is going to show up and then they'll point to like the one example that's done it before it'll be like well dak prescott made the team as a franchise quarterback as a fourth right. round pick Ta every team in the nfl passed on tom brady multiple times yes like we can find an example to prove every single thing but the overwhelming likelihood is working against that so that's my pet peeve I think things are more set in stone in general, just in life almost even, than people want them to be or acknowledge that they are. One of my things, another pet peeve, is, and this actually worked for the Eagles this year, so maybe not the best example in this specific case, but in general, it's just like every time the team loses and the offense isn't good enough, you just had to run the ball more. If you just if you ran the ball more, magically the offense would have been way better. And again, that actually was the case for last year's Eagles, but I don't think is literally always the case in every loss. It was like, oh, well, they didn't run enough. It's that simple. Or like blitzing. Everyone's like, if you just blitz more, the defense will be better. It's like, it's not that simple. And also the idea that you can just move players to different positions and that solves everything. Like, man, if you, this quarterback, he sucks. If you move him to safety, he's going to be awesome. It's like, well, okay, maybe, but probably not. Even this, this even happened, I feel like a little bit, not in a big, big way, but with like J.J. Ortega Whiteside. Everyone's always moving the tight end. It's like, who cares? He basically was playing tight end last year. That's like, a, that is such a non-starter. Like, who cares? Like, that that makes like, like almost no difference. Along but somehow people lines, these little tweaks like are yeah. this huge thing. Along those lines, and like, this is a little bit more mainstream, but like the experience they have, like as an athlete in a different sport is like, like, oh, well, he... He, he like he knows because he's played lacrosse so he knows how to like get in the like dirt or uh, i also like a better example is like i hate when like people will be like well he knows what it takes to build a championship team because he's been part of it oh you're right he was the gm of that team for sure right like he he knows like about all the contract situations and everything that everybody was dealing with like he definitely understands all of that like that's a big deal but um yeah this this turned negative let's let's veer it back positive um <laughs> Um, I had two copies today, so I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. Wow. Where from? Uh, home in our little um home thing. 
Nespresso, baby. Okay. Uh, I like how you just didn't say espresso. No, that's the name of the brand, Nespresso. No, I'm yeah, but I'm oh, okay. But I like how I is thought it, you said dip- espresso. No, it's the name of the brand. Like what you're saying is like, oh, it's so weird how you said Nike. Like that's the name of the brand. Like that's what it's called. The machine. No, is I get it now. But I thought you just said I had yeah. But like I'm saying, espresso is the right way to say it. Where some people will say espresso. There's no X. Oh yeah, espresso. that's dumb. Um, I hate dumb things, so that's dumb. So I hate that thing. Um, okay. Uh, is there any one thing you want to say? Can be good, can be bad, can be in between, can be about life, food, arts, um, politics, religion. Any one thing you just want to say? Stranger Things season four. Uh, Not going to spoil it, obviously, but really good. Uh, finished really strong. Highly recommend people start from the beginning if they haven't already and watch the entire series because it's really good. I think it's worth your time. You're going to love season four when you get there. Definitely worth it. And uh, right to sell on Craft Jerky. Discount code BGN15, 15% off. Mm. Uh, shout out to Rachelle, our producer, getting back from vacation. Looked like she had a good time. Um, and shout out to the state. What did we do last time? Wyoming? Is that the state we did? Or Mon- oh, it was we did Maine, right? Um so what state do we want to be the official state of the NFC East mixtape for the next seven days? Well, they have good pizza, supposedly, in New Haven, Connecticut. Some of the best in the world, some would say. So I'm going to give it to Connecticut. Nah, we're, not, we're not going East Coast. Nah, it's Connecticut. No. Um, Oregon. I want to go Oregon. Opposite direction. Or, but I like when people say Oregon. I like that a lot. Shout out Justin Herbert. That's true. <sighs> I also, by the way, um, this is the last thing to be negative and then last thing I saw, I don't know who it was or what podcast I was listening to. And they were talking about Justin Herbert and how he was one time, like at one time asked who his favorite like player was growing up. And the person Joey was like, and, he, and, oh, and they were like, he said, Joey Harrington. Isn't that so like interesting how you picked this like random? No, it's not interesting. He picked like a very famous organ player. Like how, like, how yeah. is this like shocking to you? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, what's stupid. wrong with that too? Like, well, he's just well like, just, I, I don't mean, remember Joey Harrington's Oregon career, but I'm I'm guessing he was probably a good college player. No, like, he, but that's what I'm saying. Like the person who was who was like telling this story had no knowledge that Joey Harrington right. was an Oregon player. So like they were like, "Can you believe it?" Like it'd be like if they were like, "He said Taylor Heineke." Oh my gosh, how crazy <laughs> and cool! Like again, like just it's he's like 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 what did like i really don't know like didn't justin herbert's like grandfather or coach or play at oregon like he has like an insanely long and rich like organ tie in history yeah. of course he would pick somebody from oregon like that's not shocking right. by, so i was i was annoyed at how the person thought it was shocking that's my ex- expression i get that or my i'm annoyed that people think it's like dumb like no it's not dumb like he grew up in that no, area makes sense. He, that's who he yeah. watched it makes sense yeah hmm um uh, miss me with all the organ uniforms they don't like it. it's too much like you know too many never it's too I many yeah, like, maybe, I there has to be a happy medium where i think we need more uniform like you know like the nba they experiment with different uniforms every year and i think that's kind sure. of fun and i don't think the nfl does that enough they're just so locked in and now they're going to be loosening that up a little bit this year you know with the third helmet being added and potentially being a, a fourth in the future i know the eagles said they're fighting for that um so you know hopefully we'll see some more of that but uh yeah it's it's supposed to be fun make it more fun yeah i mean like that's one of the things that like the nba and major league baseball gets that the nfl doesn't you know people like make more stuff people what does the like NFL it, people do like that's it. like fun you know like like for the sake of fun what do they really do you know like the like like baseball will do like the field of dreams game uh mm-hmm. nba will do you know like they, they try to add a playing tournament they tried to add um you know different, i have, like, they do I have, different I have one answer. I, can, I can think of one thing in the nfl just one single thing. and it's not it's not even like cool or fun uh roger goodell will be like come on stop booing ha 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 like that's the one <laughs> that's the one thing um but like that may I, I don't know the number like, the number that's stupid rule. too like that's actually not fun that's dumb i hate what's well, dumb um, but like it's at least kind of player friendly in theory i don't know um nah man like baseball gets it nba gets it like i like that baseball has like the astros when they're at home on sundays they wear the same like they only wear there's one jersey they only wear when they're at home yeah. on sundays i love that like i right. i love that you can like you can just like watch a highlight from any point like since they started doing this a few years ago and you just know that like i and that's why I miss when teams would wear certain colors at home and certain colors on the road. Like, do that. Like, you know, like, 
obviously it's cooler like you have more options in basketball and baseball but like it would be cool if like the eagles were like we only do this like on home sunday games in the afternoon or something like that that would be cool like you know have fun so they were kind of doing that with the black jerseys for a little bit they would save them for like nighttime primetime games like primetime uh, yeah too against like the giants typically they'd usually wear them against the giants because the giants would be wearing their color rush of all white so be with the white like the white all white versus all black even but even like you know and we're about to leave but like the, like yesterday or recording this on the fifth like the like baseball had the fourth of july like arm sleeves and cleats and like that so that's something they do let the players they have the one week where they get to like have their unique cleats but even even they ruin that stuff like i don't know if you've heard this story before peyton manning said the i think black is now an official part of the colts color scheme so i think they can use it now mm. but at the time it wasn't and the the week that johnny unitas died he asked if he could wear black cleats, like to honor him, and the NFL said no. Like, <laughs> right? Like, why? Like, what is the? What's the worst that could happen? I don't know. And Peyton, because he's goody boy, you know, Peyton Two Shoes Manning. I really butchered that, but um, he didn't do it, he, and he said, "I wish I had." Yeah, dude, pay the fine. You got all that Omaha Papa John's money, so um, whatever. Um, this was a good episode, Brandon. We love you. Um, the only thing I don't love about you today is your insistence on Dallas Goddard over Dalton Schultz. Um, I will leave the final noise, sound, or poem to you, however you want to end this. You want know, silence? I think silence. 